Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Sarah's out today. Get the decaf edition of the Coffee Hour today. How does IT, information technology, play a role in the mission? What is the role of IT in the mission? Today, we continue our conversation with Paul Federwitz. He's Information Technology Coordinator for Lutheran Bible Translators. Joining us via Skype, of course, today. We had to do via Skype if you're an information technology guy, right? Yeah, I guess so, although I feel like it doesn't always work. <laughs> so it's always that taking a chance. There's a, the, this this delicate balance. <laughs> Paul, thanks so much for, for, for coming back on today and, uh, and sharing with us about your work in information technology and the role of IT in the mission. Um, a little background for those who, who aren't familiar with Lutheran Bible translators. Doing great work around the world to bring the Word of God into the heart language of people around the world. Did I get that right? You did. What is, uh, and to sum up again, your work, what you're doing with Lutheran Bible Translators and the partners as well um, as Information Technology Coordinator? Give us just the, your elevator speech. <laughs> so I jokingly said uh, when I got into this that I do uh, work with anything that uses or produces electricity. <laughs> and uh, found out when I got to Ghana that that's actually true when I had to start working on generators and solar systems. Um, but it's really, yeah, it's any time that we take technology and we try to take advantages of the, um, the opportunities that it provides us in order to further the work of an organization. And so it's anything from working with the translation software, um, to managing the email systems, to looking at how do we coordinate activities. Um, you know, we're an organization that's spread throughout the world. So how do we communicate, uh, as an organization, um, that, would actually like to get around the, you know, the water cooler and talk. And so how do we, how do we encourage those conversations um, to, you know, virus cleaning or just looking ahead at what technology is coming? So it's a, it's a really wide role that, that covers all parts of technology. How has working in the mission field shaped your understanding of the role of IT? I know you had experience in IT before uh, returning to the mission field as a second-generation missionary. Uh, how has this, this work in the mission field shaped your understanding of this role of IT? You know, a lot of it... So, sorry, I'm just trying to <laughs> kind of rethink this. The, the article that I wrote, uh, the blog post that I wrote that we're kind of talking more about today is this, this idea that it's about people. And I think that a lot of that actually comes from my role uh, working in West Africa, where things are so much about relationships. And I've had this discussion with with other missionaries um, about how I look at IT and and that. And that when, when when you work in a relationship context, you have to first build the relationship before you do the work. And then when I apply that even back to working with those um, with with people in our home office. I'm still focused on the relationship first, and I look at that and I think, you know, here we could actually get by without the relationship, okay? We, our culture allows us to say, hey, we're going to get right to work, we're going to meet about this thing, and the relationship is secondary. But because of that background that I have, I put the relationship first, and I think that it has even larger effects because at times it actually surprises people that, oh, you care about me and what I'm doing, not just about my problem. Um, 
and so yeah, it, it has a huge effect, I think, on on how I look at IT at all. So when when people are first, do you think I mean, much of IT, it or at least from my perspective, from a layperson's perspective, much of IT is quite often problem solving. Do you find that uh, by people and relationships being first, that that helps you get to a, a, either a better solution or expedite the process in finding the solution? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I would actually make the argument that when people ask for help, they don't actually know what their problem is. Um, I know it sounds strange because, you know, you, you have this problem. I cannot do this. I can't print. I can't uh, send this email. Um, and so obviously that seems to be the problem. But when you sit down and you talk to people and you find out what is it that you're actually trying to do, you can come to, you can you can move that back a little bit. You can move that that discussion backwards a little bit to, well, why are you trying to print this? And yes, we want to fix the printer problem, obviously. But you start to find out that, well, they wanted to communicate this thing to this person and they thought that maybe the printed document was the best way to do it. Or they're trying to send out an email to this person in order to start a conversation, and there might be another tool that would work better. And so when I say that people don't know what the problem is, it's that they've started down the path using a certain technology because that's the technology that they know. Uh, but that may not actually be the best, the best technology to accomplish what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And so by having that relationship and sitting down and having those further discussions, you can kind of work that stuff out. And it's not that every time that somebody asks me, well, you know, this email doesn't work, I don't sit down and say, well, why are you trying to send this email? But when you have that relationship on top of it, sometimes it even helps me to ask better questions about, well, what was it that you were trying to do with this particular situation? Um, and, and, and work backwards from there. So it sounds like not only are you you know, getting to understand that person, but also understand those you serve and, and their relationship to the technology they're using, understanding more about how they perceive and how they, how they relate to the technology they're using. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, um, you know, an, an example that I've started to use is, uh, actually about my father-in-law. Um, he worked on large printing equipment for many years. And if I go into his garage right now, he's got tons of tools and many of them, I have no idea what they are. <laughs> and so, you know, I default to the screwdriver, the pair of pliers, that kind of stuff. Um, and so I'm trying to fix everything with a minimal set of tools. And I think that that's the same thing that happens with technology. People get used to, you know, Dropbox, Facebook, email, uh, Skype. And so those become the tools that are used to solve every problem. And if we can step back and think about what people are actually trying to do, there's a whole, whole much larger set of tools that are available. Um, and we can kind of help give more of those more precise tools that would be better for that situation. Let's flip things. How has your experience in IT shaped or influenced the mission? You know, looking at the work of, of Lutheran Bible translators and, you know, this is a an important task, a noble task set before us to to bring the word of God to people around the world in their heart language. How has IT, uh, your experience in IT, made a difference in that mission? So I feel like my role is, is two-part. One is keeping things going day-to-day, -day, um, you know, which can include training people on how to use tools better, uh, maintaining the tools that we have right now, um, so you, you have that part of it. But the other part of my job is looking forward five years, 10 years from now, and envisioning 
what what technology am I seeing coming down the road, and how does that apply to our work? Um, one of the things that I've been excited that I've been able to to work on for this last year or so is starting to use tablets more for our work. Um, you know, we we're used to you know Android on our phones, um, and it's really developed. Uh, into devices that are very sophisticated and we can move more towards needing computers to actually being able to use um, tablets for a lot of our work. And some of the software that we use, which is very specialized for translation literacy, some of that's now being developed for tablets. And the exciting thing that I see there is as we partner with local organizations in, in Africa and other parts of the world, finances obviously becomes a very large thing. And the finances for technology is huge because we cannot just buy cheap computers and expect them to last in some of the environments that we work in. And so that piece has always been a piece that's required a lot of external funding. But right now, as I you know, spend a lot of time in West Africa, I see more and more people buying tablets for themselves, uh, churches buying them for their pastors. And I'm looking at that and saying, okay, Here's an opportunity where more of that funding can be done locally, which leads to better local ownership. And so we're, we're, we're taking that technology piece and moving it. Uh, uh, and, and that completely changes some of the conversations that we have um, about our work. And that's a piece that's coming from me, the IT guy, um, sitting down, talking with the translators, talking with partners, trying things out, seeing what works, what are ideas that I have that may not work. Um, but it's, it's coming from a different direction than, than you'd probably normally expect it to. So understanding how the technology you're using influences your environment and the people you serve uh, and, and the people that are served by those you work directly with. Yeah, and it, and it comes down again to what are they trying to do? Mm-hmm. What are the tools that can do it? And is there a better way to do it than what we're doing now that's actually going to be more sustainable? Because that, that's the piece we're always looking for. What's, what's locally sustainable? In your blog post, you, you shared some uh, stories about getting out of the main office to meet those you serve. We only have uh, just a, under two minutes left, but what was just even just one thing you learned by getting out of the office rather than just, you know, you could connect virtually to anyone, I'm sure, because of the Internet. But you were speaking about how beneficial it was to get out of the office. What's just one thing you learned by getting out of the office and going to see face to face the people you serve? It shows people that they're important. You know, one of the things that I hear, a big complaint that I hear about IT people is they show up, they fix the problem, they leave. They never told me what the problem was. It works now, but I don't know anything about it. Um, and, and some of that is helping people to understand what's going on, but some of it is showing respect for the person that you're there to help. Um, and so sitting down, sharing a meal with people um, shows that they as a person matter. And then once they know that they matter as a person, they are more open about the problems they're having. And then I can actually step in and, and help them with things that may have never come up if, if I was waiting for them to come and ask me. Um, those relationships really do matter. So being there face-to-face makes a difference in those relationships. But thanks to technology, when you can't be there in person, you have this this technology allows you to connect virtually, uh, but you've already built that that relationship, already have that that rapport with the people you serve. And uh, speaking of, you're, you're, you probably travel quite a bit for your work and uh, doing a little time stateside, if I recall correctly. Is that right? 
Yeah, we're spending a few months uh, in the U.S. right now, uh, currently in Ohio, but going to be based out of the LBT office in Concordia, Missouri for uh, for several months. Helps me to build those relationships with people in the office, which, uh, as we've just been talking about, are very important. So on the ground here in the States, uh, building those relationships with folks in the home office, but continuing the, the mission in uh, parts of Africa as well. Paul, thanks so much for being my guest. We'll share a link to your blog as well with today's program notes. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. Well, that does it for today. Sarah will be back tomorrow. More Coffee Hour on the way on KFUO. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO, the listener-supported broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO radio, visit kfuo.org or text KFUO to 41444. KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.